Come on, somebody brought a sacrifice of praise into the house this evening. Somebody brought a sacrifice of praise. Somebody's not praising God tonight because of what's happening, but somebody's praising God in spite of what's happening, in spite of what's going on. Somebody brought a sacrificial praise, my God, to the house today. I tell people I've been around long enough. I've been around long enough that I know that it doesn't always have to be well with my finances. It doesn't always have to be well with my health. And it doesn't have to always be well with every area of my life. But as long as I can say it is well with my soul, I've got a reason to rejoice. As long as I can say it is well with my soul, I've got a reason to bless the Lord. As long as I can say it is well, it is well, it is well, it is well, it is well. Serve an awesome God. We serve an awesome God. Worthy to be praised. Worthy to be praised. Worthy to be praised. I'm telling the interest. Come on, that's okay. We can take a few more seconds and just magnify him. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Say, in the interest of full disclosure, I've been over there kind of wrestling with myself a bit this evening. I came tonight thinking I was going to preach one thing kind of geared towards the graduate and uh, everybody else, but I was going to kind of follow up some of what I preached this morning just about destiny and direction and focus, but I believe that God wants to do something different in this house. I believe that God wants to do a work of healing in this house today across the board i believe that god wants to do something god wants to free some people from the pain of the past god wants to heal minds and heal spirits and make things whole in somebody's life so you can move forward and be the person that god wants you to be so you can walk into your destiny whole with the right perspective and the right focus there's a healing power in this house today if you have your bibles i'll be reading from acts chapter 28 I want to give honor to Pastor and Sister Hughes once again, the leadership here, this wonderful church, and just the liberty and the freedom to worship God. Amen. Never want to take for granted the fact that we can come together, begin to praise God, and the God of creation will inhabit our praise, make himself manifest amongst us. That's not something you ever want to trivialize or take for granted. Acts chapter 28, verse 3, starting in verse 3. We read of some happenings in the life of Paul. Acts chapter 28, 3. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said amongst themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. Isn't that like people? My God. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Verse 6, Howbeit they looked when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly. But after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a God. I want to preach here for the next few minutes on the simple subject, pierced but not poisoned. Pierced but not poison. God wants to heal. My God, 
God wants to set some things right and make some things whole so you can move forward and be the person that God wants you to be, pierced but not poisoned. Let's bow our heads. God, we thank you for your anointing once again. Thank you for your power, your presence that we feel in this house. I ask you now, God, continue to move. God, continue to speak. God, anoint my mind, anoint my spirit. God, give me your words to speak to the hearts and minds of your people. God, anoint your word. God, let us not just be hearers of the word, but let us be doers of the word. Let the word take root, God, and produce what you intend your word to produce. We'll be careful to give your name the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Anybody who knows me uh, knows that I'm a little bit of a, I guess, a history nerd. Um, I like studying or reading about cultures and I believe you learn a lot by looking backwards and you learn a lot about human nature and instinct and you learn how to better minister and, and you can learn a lot from history. But I enjoy history. I enjoy reading, just learning about by cultures, bygone cultures and bygone ways of life. And uh, one culture that fascinates me uh, is some of the old Irish culture and, and particularly some of the old Irish families, the old Irish clans. And it's just that concept of family and that clan, you know, where they would have their coat of arms and they would have a family motto and they would have family crests. And there was uh, an emphasis on, on, on celebrating the things that that united them and that they had in common. But there was just such an, a sense of family that I find pretty fascinating in some of the old Irish culture. But there was an old Irish family I was reading about who's uh, had the crest and the coat of arms and all of that. But their family motto was transfixus sed non mortuus. And this is Latin, and what this means in English is very simply pierced but not dead. Pierced but not dead. And on their family crest that they would have on, on flags and on shields and, and on a number of different related items, on their family crest, you see a picture of a swan. And having a swan on a coat of armor today might seem a bit strange. It's not an animal that you would associate putting on a coat of armor in modern day culture. But in Irish history and in Irish lore, the swan was very uh, symbolic. It was uh, often depicted as the epitome of purity, the epitome of beauty, and it was a sign of potential good luck. And sometimes the swan was used to symbolize the soul, that, that aspect of mankind which is eternal. And so you see the swan in many depictions in, in, in Irish history and in Irish lore. But the swan on this crest, this particular family's crest, this swan had an arrow piercing through its chest. The arrow goes through and through the chest. The swan is pierced all the way through, but yet somehow that swan still stands. And this serves as an illustration for their motto, pierced but not dead. This pure and graceful swan has been pierced through and through, but yet somehow it survives. It's been gravely wounded, but yet somehow it yet stands. And they would use their family motto to inspire themselves to overcome great adversities and great obstacles. This is something that was instilled at an early age and from be, from a child on this was something that was drilled into the psyche of their children pierced but not dead and it instilled something in their hearts that said despite being pierced despite being hurt despite being afflicted I have the surpassing ability to overcome I have the surpassing ability to rise above and become in spite of and perhaps
Perhaps if this is shouted during the heat of battle, perhaps it would inspire one who was fighting to say, I have been wounded, but I'm not defeated. I may be scarred, but I have not succumbed to the enemy. There is pain, but there is also potential. I've gone through some things, but it has not killed me because where there is life, there is hope. Where there is life, there is possibility. Where there is life, there is potential. And where there is life, there is power. And it's my prayer tonight that in these next few minutes that God would instill, that God would birth a confidence into somebody's spirit. The enemy has somebody convinced, even under the sound of my voice, the enemy has you convinced that there are some things that are beyond hope. The enemy has you convinced that there are some situations that are beyond saving. The enemy has you convinced that there are some dreams that are beyond realizing. But I hope a defiance will grab a hold of somebody's spirit where you walk out of here saying that wherever there is life and wherever there is a willingness to have abundant life, there is hope beyond the piercing. There is hope beyond the pain. There is purpose beyond the pain. I might be pierced, but I'm not dead. I might be pierced, but I'm still in the house of God. I might be pierced, but I still have a desire to walk with God. I might be pierced, but I'm still in the fight. Let me remind you this evening that we find ourselves in a spiritual battle. The Bible doesn't sugarcoat this. The Bible lets us know in no uncertain terms. We have a very real enemy. Shouldn't catch us by surprise. I believe it does sometimes, but it shouldn't surprise us that we have a very real enemy who seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. We're in a battle, and we're fighting a very real enemy. And in any battle, there's always the risk of injury and the risk of death and the risk of piercing. I've uh, come to realize that there are times in this battle where the enemy is just a roaring lion. He's roaring to intimidate. He's roaring to try to create panic. That's why the lion roars, to instill panic and to make animals feel vulnerable. But the thing about the roar of a lion is that it can be heard up to five miles away. And so in a very real sense, there are animals that are outside of the actual reach of the lion. They're not in any real danger. They're too far away for the lion to actually do anything to them. But they're within that five-mile radius, so they're too far for him to touch, but they're close enough for him to affect. And they're still affected by that roar of the lion. And I've come to realize in my life that sometimes the enemy is just that roaring lion, and I've learned how to tell myself, yes, I can hear him roar, but that doesn't mean I'm vulnerable. Yes, I can hear him roar, but that doesn't mean I'm in danger. The name of the Lord is still a strong tower, and the righteous can run in, and they're safe. And just because I can hear him doesn't mean I'm in jeopardy. Just because I can hear him doesn't mean I should be affected by him and be shaken by him. But hear me this evening when I say that sometimes the enemy is actually that snake that manages to strike, that manages to pierce. It happens to all, the good, the bad, the sinner, the saint. We all have piercings in our life. We all have times in our life where there's a piercing and there's pain. But God sent me here to tell somebody this evening that the enemy has a reason for piercing you. The piercing is meant to be a means to an end. The piercing is not the ultimate goal, but the piercing is simply a mechanism by which the enemy desires to inject the poison. The piercing, hear what I'm saying? 
the piercing is simply a means to an end. It's not the actual issue, but the piercing is what the enemy has been trying to use to infect something into your spirit that goes beyond the surface, that goes beyond the piercing, that goes beyond the temporary pain. If you and I only had to deal with the piercing, we would just have one-time injuries that would heal pretty quickly. Within minutes, within hours, you can heal from the effects of the actual piercing. And if all we had to deal with was the piercing, there would be no after effect. There would be no lingering residue of the things that we've been through and the things that have happened and what has injured us and what has affected us. But hear me this evening when I say the enemy pierces to poison. The enemy pierces to inject something into your spirit that will affect you to the very core of your being. The enemy pierces because he's trying to change you forever. He's trying to change how you live. He's trying to change how you think. He's trying to change what you trust. He's trying to change what you believe. He's trying to change how you love. He's trying to change how you live. The enemy pierces because he wants to accomplish something deep and lasting in your life. It's the poison that takes what was painful and makes it powerful. It's the poison that takes what was temporary and makes it terminal. It's the poison that takes what was localized and makes it systemic. It's the poison that takes what was fleeting and makes it fatal. I'm passionate about this because I know many people and I've seen many people who've been pierced in the past. And now what they deal with is not the piercing, but now they're dealing with the poison. And it's been five years. It's been 10 years it's been 20 years. It's been an entire lifetime. I know people that every day of their life, they're dealing with the poison of a situation that they've been through. It's the poison that they struggle with. It's the poison that keeps pulling them back down to the places they don't want to be. It's the poison that keeps them living the lifestyle that they don't want to live. It's the poison that keeps them coming to the altar but never getting absolute victory. It's the poison that keeps them ever reaching but never attaining. But I've come to preach to somebody in this house today. There's a deliverance spirit in this house today. There's a healing spirit in this house today. There's a lifting in this house today. And if you'll allow God to do what he wants to do in these next few minutes, you can be changed never to be the same again in your life. My God, the enemy ultimately wants that poison to kill you. He's come to kill, steal, and to destroy And that's what he wants that poison to do. I wish I could tell you that you would never be pierced in your life. I wish I could tell you that there would never be pain or injury or loss in your life. I wish I could tell you that loved ones would never walk out on you and hurt you to your core. But I can in good conscience tell you that there won't be any piercing in your life. As a matter of fact, I can tell you with absolute certainty the very opposite that there absolutely will be piercing in your life. There absolutely will be pain in your life. There absolutely will be disappointments in your life. There absolutely will be dry times and low places in your life. There absolutely will be wilderness experiences in your life. So I can't tell you that you won't be pierced. But the good news is I can tell you that you don't have to be poisoned from the piercing that you've gone through. And if you've been poisoned before, you don't have to leave this house with that poison still coursing through your veins. But God is 
is here. If you'll allow God to do what he wants to do, you can rise above the intended effects of the poison. If you'll allow God to do what he wants to do, there can be healing in your life. It will be piercing. The Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. That's the scripture that came alive to me a couple of years ago in ways I had never seen it. Because what struck me one day was that this is a scripture of absolutes, Pastor. It doesn't say if the enemy comes in like a flood, but it says when the enemy comes. It's an absolute. It's not a matter of if it's going to happen, but when it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. There will be attacks of the enemy, and he will come in like a flood. There will be situation after situation and circumstance after circumstance. But that's not a verse to be discouraged about because just like the first half is an absolute, the second half is also an absolute. It doesn't say that the Spirit of the Lord might raise up a standard against him, but the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against the enemy. I've come to encourage somebody in this house today. We've got an absolute promise that yes, the enemy will come in. Yes, there will be attacks, but we've got an absolute promise that God will step in and God will raise up a standard that God will keep hold of our hand and God will not allow us to be destroyed. There will be piercings. There will be piercings. But God will not leave us. God will not forsake us. And we don't have to be poisoned. Paul was an innocent man who by this point in our scripture had been in prison for years. An innocent man, a man who had done nothing but witness and tell of the goodness of God. And he finds himself in prison for years. And so many things, I don't want to get into the story, but he went from Agrippa to Felix and talking and testifying and witnessing and persuading people in spite of his imprisonment. And then he was put on a ship to Rome to go stand trial before Caesar. And we most of us know the story how a storm came and destroyed the ship, but an angel appeared to Paul and told Paul not to be afraid, but he had destiny that was waiting for him in, in Rome, and he was not going to die in this storm, and that not only was God going to save his life, but God was going to save the lives of all of the men who was with them. So Paul was able to tell the men, the ship will, there will be a shipwreck, my God. That will preach by itself. There will be a shipwreck. There will be a shipwreck. But don't worry. You're not going to be destroyed. You're not going to be killed. And Paul and those men survived that shipwreck. And they barely survived this. And they make it to an island. And now they finally make it to this island. And things might seem to be looking up. Paul is able to build a fire. And it seems like things might be turning around. But now a viper comes out and latches on to Paul's hands and attacks Paul and bites Paul, pierces his hand. And the reaction that we read in the scripture is so typical of the reaction of people. People looked at that situation and they begin to ask what he's done. They sat there. They watched his story. They seen this man was a prisoner and he was shipwrecked and he barely survived. And now here he is. He made it dry land, but now he's been pierced and he's going to die before us. Surely this man must have done something bad. Surely he must have done something to, 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 uh, to have all these things happen in his life. The Bible called those people barbarians in that text. So I guess it's okay to call people barbarians when they do that to you. But, but we've seen that he must have done something awful. He was a prisoner and now he's been saved only to be pierced by a viper. And they felt like something was out to get him. Something was out to destroy him. Something 
something was surely going to kill him. And then they stood by and they waited to see the effects of the piercing. They stood by and they were waiting for him to die. Surely the poison is now coursing through his veins. Surely he will find himself in ever increasing agony and ever increasing pain. Surely he's going to fall. Any minute now, he's going to be fighting to stay alive. Any minute now, he's going to be fighting to take a next breath. Any minute now, we're going to see that the one who's been trying to kill him is going to be proven to be victorious. But the Bible says, after they looked a great while, they finally realized, wait a minute, this is not going to kill him. Wait a minute, he's not getting sick. Wait a minute, he's not getting weakened. Wait a minute, there is no lasting effect to what has happening. But they begin to see that the same God that kept him through the storm, the same God that kept him in the chains, was still the same God that was keeping him. He's been pierced, but there's no greater harm. He's been pierced, but there's no residual damage. He's been pierced, but he's not dying the way I expect him to die. There must be something supernatural happening here. And their only explanation was that he was surviving because he was a God. But they would soon learn from Paul himself that he was actually surviving because he was a man of God. And God is able to keep his people. My God. God is able to keep his people. God is able to raise up a standard. God is able to heal. God is able to keep. God is able to restore. God is able to renew. God is able to lift. God is able. God is able. God is able. Jesus was speaking in John 16, 33. says, these things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace in the world. Ye shall have tribulation. My God, it's an absolute. In the world, ye shall have tribulation. Ye shall have piercing. Ye shall have pain. But then he goes on to say, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He's saying there will be piercing. But in the midst of the piercing, be of good cheer. In the midst of the piercing, Whatever you do, don't allow yourself to be poisoned. In the midst of the piercing, don't allow the piercing to change you. Don't allow the piercing to steal your joy. Don't allow the piercing to destroy your dreams. Don't allow the piercing to change the man you are. Don't allow the piercing to take your peace. Don't allow the piercing to change what you believe, change your purpose, change your destiny. But be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Be of good cheer because there's healing after the tribulation. Be of good cheer because there's purpose after the pain. Be of good cheer because there's life. After the piercing, Joseph was pierced by the people closest to him. His own family turned against him. His brothers beat him, and they faked his death, and they sold him into slavery. And while he was trying to do the right things in slavery, he was betrayed and falsely accused, thrown into prison. While he was in prison trying to do the right thing, people forgot about him and left him to rot in the prison. And when he had every opportunity in his life to hate, he chose to love. When he had every opportunity to retaliate, he chose to forgive. When he had every right to push away, he chose to embrace. When he had every reason to laugh at those who hurt him, he chose to weep with compassion. And when he finally got the chance to talk to those brothers 
who started this downward trajectory in his life. These were the ones who started all the trouble, the pain in his life. When he finally got the chance to talk to those people, what he told them was found in Genesis 50:20. You intended to harm me. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is being done now, the saving of many lives. My God, Joseph had enough sense to know, yes, there's been pain. Yes, that it hurt, but that pain, the piercing was behind him. He couldn't change the fact that those people had hurt him. He couldn't change the fact that he had been through those things. But he was wise enough to know that even in the midst of what people were trying to do to him, there was a God in heaven who had a plan all along. There was a God in heaven who was able to turn it around. There was a God in heaven who was able to find purpose in what people had done to him. And Joseph understood the only way my story could end badly is if I allow the piercing to change me. If I allow the piercing to poison me is the only way my story can end badly. But Joseph had enough sense to say, I don't know what your intentions were. I know you meant it for my bad, but I serve a God who's able to turn any situation around. I serve a God who's able to turn my mourning into dancing. I serve a God who's able to give me beauty for ashes. I serve a God who's able to take the wrath of man and turn it into a testimony of his grace. My God. David had pain. I don't know who God sent me here to talk to today, but David had pain. David was rejected and overlooked by his own family. He was hunted by his own son. His own family turned against him. David said in Psalms 27:10, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. David said in Psalms 37:25, I've been young and now I'm old, yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. That's what David is saying. I've been forsaken by others, but I'm not poisoned. I've lost people, but I'm not poisoned. I've lost things, but I'm not poisoned. I've had pain, but I'm not poisoned. I don't understand everything that I've been through, but I'm not poisoned. There were situations and circumstances in my life I didn't know if I could survive, but I'm not poisoned. Those closest to me turned their back on me, but I'm not poisoned. I've been disappointed, but I'm not poisoned. I've been confused, but I'm not poisoned. I've been disillusioned, but I'm not poisoned. I'm not changed. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread at the end of the day, at the end of my testimony. My story is one of victory. My story is one of purpose. My story is one of power and healing. Perhaps the greatest example of being pierced but not poisoned was Jesus himself. Jesus suffered unspeakable pain. If you read any description, detailed description of what a crucifixion entailed. They say historically that this is the most painful way to be killed that has ever been thought up by man. He suffered unspeakable, unbearable pain in every way. And in addition to every other thing that was done to him, he was pierced in his hands and his feet and pierced in his side. Yet, the very first words he speaks when he finally gets on the cross 
It's found in Luke 23, 34. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Somebody hear what I'm saying? I can't help being pierced. But Jesus paid a price so that I don't have to be poisoned. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. He paid the price so that I don't have to be poisoned. I learned something fascinating the other day. Say for generations, they would use the blood of horses as the vehicle for anti-venom. When for snake bites, they would use, it's been tradition, that they use the blood of horses as the vehicle for the antivenom. When you've been bitten by a snake, you need the antivenom. They use horses forever. But not too long ago, scientists realized that the blood of lambs is actually the most ideal vehicle for the antivenom. And now there are ranches all throughout Europe. They raise millions of, of lamb, millions of sheep. And the purpose is to provide the antivenom for snake bites all over the world. Now, I'm not going to build a whole theology on that, but, but, but it is a fascinating thing. I'm not going to build a whole theology on it, but it was fascinating to hear. But I do know one thing. I do know the blood of a lamb that is will work against every attack of the enemy. I do know the blood of a lamb that is the best vehicle for the antivenom, for any serpent bite that's in your life. I do know the blood of a lamb that's able to heal and deliver and restore and renew. I do know the blood of a lamb. The blood still works. The blood still cleanses. The blood still renews. The blood still has power. The blood can still change who you are and where you've been, what you can do. The blood still works. So that there's no residual bitterness, there's no residual pain, there's no residual illness in my spirit. The blood works so that that poison doesn't have to break me down cell by cell, coursing through my body, corrupting my very being. Somebody hear what I'm saying? I, I don't know who God sent me here to talk to today. God turned me around and I feel this so strongly in my spirit. Somebody needs to be able to square your shoulders today. Be able to say, yes, it hurt, but it will not kill me. It hurt when it happened, but I can be healed now. I didn't think I could make it through it, but I can be healed now. God, I can take the pain of being pierced as long as I don't have to deal with the prognosis of being poisoned. I can take the pain of being pierced as long as I don't have to deal with the prognosis of being poisoned. I don't want to go one more day poisoning my mind and poisoning my spirit. I don't want to go one more day with this coursing through my veins and corrupting my being. I need deliverance. Sometimes you might wonder why you have to be pierced. In the first place, why Paul was bitten in the first place. And we learn from Paul that sometimes there's a public reason for the piercing. Because many times people are watching. And people are waiting to see the after effect of the bite. People have seen the piercing. And they're waiting around to see what's going to happen next. 
God wants people to look at our lives and be just as amazed as those people were on the island of Malta that day. He got hit like that, but yet somehow he's still standing. I've been sitting here all week waiting for her to die, but somehow she's still standing. I'm astonished. What's keeping her upright? How can she still have her joy? How can he still have his peace? How can he still have his walk with God? How can he still have his testimony? There's got to be something supernatural happening in his life. There's got to be the hand of God involved in this somehow. I said it the other day that when you survive some things, And come out the way God wants you to come out. You no longer have to give your testimony. But you yourself become a testimony. Because of what those people saw on that island that day. Paul was able to preach to them. About a God that they didn't know. But a God that they recognized. Because of what they saw Paul be able to survive. God has purpose for somebody here. God has purpose for somebody here. God's trying to call somebody beyond the mundane. God's trying to call somebody beyond church as usual. Beyond coming to church. Just because it's Sunday and that's what we do. And then we'll do it again on Wednesday. And then we'll do it again on Sunday. God wants to infuse somebody with a sense of purpose. A sense of destiny. A sense of direction. But you have to first be healed. Be freed. Except you have to first be able to accept the piercing, but reject the poison. Hear what I'm saying? The piercing is going to happen. It's not my fault. It's not your fault. It's life. The piercing is going to happen. But the poison, the poison is what we can be free from. My favorite part, my favorite part in this entire story is that when the, at the end of the day, when it was all said and done, the Bible says that Paul shook the snake into the fire. <laughs> Paul killed that snake. There's a powerful statement being made here. What Paul is saying, in effect, is that not only am I not going to be poisoned, not only am I not going to be poisoned, but I'm not going to be bitten by this thing ever again. My God. Hear what I'm saying. Something else might pierce me tomorrow. Something else might bite me tomorrow. But this thing is never going to bite me again. Not only am I going to be freed from the poison, not only is God going to deliver me from the poison, but this thing 
will never bite me again. This thing will not be a source of pain ever again. This thing will not be a source of confusion ever again. He took it to the fire and he shook it off in such a way where he says, this thing will never come back into my life. And there's a fire burning in this house today. There's a place burning in this house today where you can come shake some things off and say, God, I might have pain from something else tomorrow. I might have pain from something else next year or next month, but this thing will not be a source of pain ever again. I'm being delivered from this thing from this day forward. I refuse to go one more day being pierced by this thing. I refuse to walk one more mile being pierced by this thing. Not only am I going to be freed from the poison, but this thing is not going to keep biting me. I feel a strong, a deep move. The deep is calling to the deep. God wants to do a real and tangible work of healing and deliverance in somebody's life. There are poisons and there are piercings some of us have experienced that nobody else knows about. There are things that have been injected into our spirits that nobody else knows about. But I know when the Holy Ghost speaks to me. I know when the Holy Ghost speaks to me. And God wants somebody to hear. God wants somebody to hear that you can choose to be free from the poison. And you can, be, you can choose to shake some things off, never to come back into your life. You can choose to release some things. And walk in freedom and wholeness and liberty. He, honorable God. You can choose this day because He paid the price to defeat the effects of that poison. He paid the price to bind the hands of the enemy. He paid the price to derail what the enemy has been trying to put in your life. There is freedom. There is freedom. Somebody reach out to God right now. Somebody reach out to God right now. God wants to heal some hidden things tonight. God wants to heal some hidden things tonight. God wants to do a work in the hearts and minds of somebody here tonight. Somebody needs to be free. I don't know what your piercing was. I don't know what the effects are. I don't know what you've been dealing with and what you've been struggling with, but you can shake some things off in this service. You can shake some things off. There's a fire that's building right now. There's a supernatural fire that's building right now, and God has prepared a place for you to shake some things off once and for all and see it consumed, see it broken, see it lifted once and for all in your life. Come on, reach out right now. 
Come on, reach out right now. Let's be apostolic. Let's be organic. Let's allow God to be God. Let's allow God to do the unprecedented. Let's allow God to do something that's not conventional in this service today. Allow God to touch your mind. Allow God to lift your spirit. Allow God to heal you. Yes, God, he out of God.